Good afternoon, evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's issues program titled Number Two, Duty Do. No, I don't know if it's titled that, but this is my second show, so I'm really excited. I'm still, yeah, I'm still hyping the first couple of show things. It's fun. Why not? I like doing it. Let me shut this damn thing off. But today is really an exciting day in the city of Boston as lots of people from the video game world hike, pack their backpacks, their swords, their shields, all their costumes, their amazing t-shirts, their video games, their computer game consoles, or their their video game consoles and their computers, and everything, and they all head to Boston for PAX East, which is this weekend. Unfortunately, the issues program will not be attended in attendance this year, like last year. It was great, great time. But because of financial purposes and some scheduling conflicts, I'm unable to attend. But we're really planning on kicking ass there next year, and I might be attending one or two of the parties in the evening. We don't know about that. I don't know about that yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to be that guy, you know, that shows up at the parties and like, hey, how was the event? Oh, I didn't have tickets. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, but I might just do it. Just because I feel good. But I'm wishing a lot of my good friends out there who are reporting and enjoying the event a great time. And if you were looking for the best coverage out there for this event, look to the people from Boston to give you the information. Check out my friends of the Boston Bastard Brigade, the Land of Esh. They will all be out there. Panda, Ninja, Blue, King Baby Duck, and Teg will all be out there at Pox East giving you the best up-to-the-minute coverage you can get. So follow all of them on Twitter. Get to their websites. Follow their ramblings about the event and and check. And I'll be doing my thing. I'm going to be doing reviews. I'll put out a review this week, but it's not going to be about Pox. You'll be like, why am I reading a stupid review about a horrible game show video game? But I'm still going to do it because I got to bring my stuff to the table so I can get the respect to get my passes and go into events since I'm broke ass. And what I'm going to bring to you a lot is a lot how to be a broke ass gamer. How to find cracks, how to rent things, how to work the features, and also the retro sort of structure that I'm going to bring you as well. So I'd like to thank you all for checking out the show right now. We have a bunch of listeners right away, I can see, and God bless us, everyone. Have a great time to all my friends up at Pox, and maybe I'll be able to sneak in there. I'm still looking for tickets, but it's so shady buying tickets off Craigslist and stuff, especially these days when everyone's fucking with your identity and doing shit like that, you know, getting letters in the mail from college institutions about breaches and fucking security, you know, things like that, that just piss you off, that just, you know, snuffle you all up in your upagus, just bothers me. Another thing I'd like to say is my good friend, co-host of uh, the later show with Matt Gorsica and uh, producer and fellow writer of the Issues Guy, Issues Program stuff, John C. Riley. This morning, not sure for what, but potentially, hopefully nothing, nothing too dangerous and nothing, not that big of a deal. But he did have to go into the hospital this morning and we're wishing him the best and hope he has a quick, quick, quick recovery and... Eat some spinach like Popeye or they shove them with some of that good chemical morphine slash the, the IV drip that just gets you all super powered. And he's back and up and ready. If I know John, he'll be up and ready by Sunday and be bringing you some later show on Sunday. So make sure you send him your best wishes and hugs. John C. Riley on Facebook. Give him some love. 
show him show him how appreciated he is for his, all his work he does for us putting out all those video game stuff all the amazing green screen stuff that he's doing to Jace Down Studios for the later show for the issues program in the Boston Bass Brigade Orlando Bash. Ever all the good work he does. Yeah, we're gonna suck John C. Riley's dick because he could use it. John C. Riley I want you to taste my farts in the most romantic way. God bless us every why am I stuck with the God bless us everyone thing today? Did did I watch Christmas or a Christmas tale recently? I wanted to watch the Mickey Mouse one. The one where Scrooge actually plays Scrooge. That's the only one worth a shit. Well, unless Patrick Stewart's in it. That that makes everything kind of worth it. Mm. But John, that that chug-a-lug thing that you heard from me, that's for you. That's for you, buddy. And I'm even going to give you a picture of me smiling. Mm, there you go. Get to look at my ugly face in Issues Studios. The pitiful excuse. Look, look, I got cards and shit hanging out here. Look, for anyone that's just listening on the uh, podcast, sorry. <laughs> sorry, deal with it. Deal with it. I got toys. I got trans, not Transformers. I got Captain, Captain, Captain Riley. What's going on? Oh, we have an emergency. 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 Touch him on his bottom. Play with his testicles. He likes that. It makes him feel better. But yeah, as uh, as your as your girlfriend said wonderfully, just just don't die. Just do us a favor and don't die. That would suck. I'd be ha- I'd be I'd be miserable. Please, yeah, no, please don't die. I especially love the Dawson one. <laughs> oh, you Okay, so on to some good, exciting fucking information. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one. Yeah, that's right. I'm the one. I'm the one that's super excited about this, and I don't give a shit. Deal with it. I'm pumped. We got all that foreplay of the show out of the way. We talked about all our friends at Pox. We talked about John C. Riley feeling better. We talked about some other bullshit. Talked about the Jeopardy review coming out and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, I'm calling it Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It's Punch-Out with Mr. Dream, but we're going to call him Mike Tyson. Just came out for 30 cents on the Wii U whatever, the the virtual console thing for the celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Famicom from Japan. So Nintendo's releasing a lot of their old classics for 30 cents each. Earlier in the earlier this year, we also got F-Zero and Balloon Fight were the first, these are the first three. And now Punch-Out, which for me is the first one I give a shit about. I mean, I always like Balloon Fight. I know someone that's out there listening is a huge Balloon Fight fan, but I was never too into it. Probably because I sucked at it, you know? I liked games that you have margins of error. (laughs) Games that you just, you know, I kind of suck. Here, oh yeah, I got issues. I kind of sucked at those hard games for for the old school NES. I would always be a cheater. I was a cheater. I was someone that used Game Genie that would plug in codes. All sorts of fucking shit like that. That was me. I liked to do it. It made me feel good. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. There's no way on earth. Yeah, that's for two players. I know. Two players. There's no way on earth I could have beat Contra without that code. No fucking way. So, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out came out. So, what I'm going to bring to you is a playthrough. Mainly for one purpose, because I want to see how bad my skills have become. How, in the 
in the 20 years since I used to frequent this game, even longer than that, I'm, I'm exaggerating time, but I used to play this. This was one of the games that I owned and played for a long, long time. It's one of the games I videotaped too, or not videotaped. I'd plug it. I plug my Nintendo into my VCR and record games of this Tech Mobile uh, Ring King and play them play them for years and make commentaries and all sorts of stuff, you know, oh, and, and then Little Mac punches to Bell Bull's head and he goes down, you know, shit like that, stupid stuff, And but it was fun, I liked doing it, I liked playing, I, st- I still like playing, ooh, I will beat you, ooh, I will get you, I must beat you, ah, yes, you, you, you'll never escape me, Skeletor, oh, oh, we've got a telephone call, let's patch this call in. Ladies and gentlemen, back from the dead is uh is is none other than. Oh, first of all, yeah, it's it's John C. Riley. Hey, how's it going, sir? Podcast sick? engineer extraordinaire. Yep, a, hey, a, a god, a god in a god in the world of podcasting, really. <laughs> no way, no way, man! I just try my best. I'm trying to revolutionize home podcasting, but uh, that's beside the point. I want to say, man. Uh, I don't know how long I have because I'm in a cat scan room waiting for me. Oh Jesus Christ! To, like, I, I don't like it when in there. I don't like it when you say I don't know how long I have. That 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 sucks. Sorry, I don't know how long I I have until I have to hang up. No, I understand. I understand. I'm sorry. I, I know. I know. It's I'm sorry. You're weird, sca- You're I'm scaring me here. I, I wanted to say thank you, man. I love you, man. Oh no, I love because, you too, man. Uh, I heard you. As soon as I logged in, as soon as I'm laying in my bed in the hallway. As soon as I log in, I hear you talking about me and stuff. And it was just nothing but nice things. So I'm like, oh yeah, it, 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 honestly, it hurt me to <laughs> say those nice things. I had to do a lot of fart smells, you know, you know, at the same time. But I, but I mean it, man. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope everything goes well. I, I know, how, I know what it's like to be where you are right now. What? I know what it's like to be where you are right now too. Yeah. You know what, man? This may be the morphine talking, but I love you, man. I love you, dude. This might this might so, be the alcohol and the half a joint talking, but I love you too, man. So Pax East, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was talking before, you probably started listening. We're you know we're, we're wishing the best to all our friends, and next year we're gonna conquer Pax East as the issues program and later show people will will we'll be really going in. Hopefully by that point, you and me will have our media credentials, and we can just concentrate our money on getting a hotel room and not have to pay for tickets, and and we can plan it way ahead of time and stuff. So. Uh oh! I think I think John's gonna have to go to go get to the cat scan now. I think we we might have lost John, but but John John is in the best hands possible at the hospital. No one worry, no one worry about that. We had we heard a sorry Mr. Riley in the background from some nice nurse, and uh, and hopefully she's giving him nice drugs. So yeah, John, we love you. Hope you uh, hope hope you are the hope. Everything goes the best, my friend. End the phone call. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I know, I know, someone might think this is sad. I'm like suddenly getting sad. Yep. Okay. So let's 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 look at what some of John's friends are. We're not gonna say any names, but hope everything's okay. Everything's okay. Hope you're okay, John. John uh, sh- uh, should be okay. I'm not going anywhere. I hope you got the gerbil unstuck out of your ass. Yep. Don't use any flames to open the gerbil. So. So hopefully nothing's wrong here. So John's in the John's in the best care. He's getting a cat scan. So obviously there's something wrong with his head or his body or something. Uh, is cat scan just the head? I mean, uh, I'm I'm an idiot. 
I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm an asshole. But you know that I care, which is the important part. So so get healthy, my friend, and give me a call soon. Give me a call soon. So we're going to transition from we're talking about Little Mac and we're talking about a lot of other stuff. You guys saw my face the whole time, too, there. I had the emotional. I had the camera down. I didn't realize the camera was on. So I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. Captain. We have a danger. <laughs> I love toys. I was getting sick of just using the simple uh, sound effects on uh, on GarageBand. So I decided to start, you know, using old school. Like, I got this for for my girl for, for Valentine's Day one year. <laughs> What's amazing is that she loved this. Actually, I don't think it was Valentine's Day. I think it was like a celebration holiday or something. Like she got a promotion or something. Like you got a promotion. And the best thing about this is it's remote controlled. You have you can place it and you have a remote control. And I guess it needs to be this unless you sat on unless it caused friction. The the yes the whoopee yeah I'm doing a commercial. Ladies and gentlemen the. Electronic whoopee cushion. Scare your friends. <laughs> so speaking of amazing things, yeah, this is what I was going to say. I'm really excited about what I'm about to talk about. I know a lot of people are fucking complaining about this. I was talking to someone last night about this. So many people are complaining about this, complaining about these new Star Wars movies. I think we're just getting into the situation where everyone complains about everything. The best thing something can be is underrated. So I guess I'm excited to a certain extent that this movie is getting such shit or anything that since Disney's bought this, it's very rare to find the people that are positive about the situation. I, for one, am super positive about the situation. I think this is the best news possible. Someone else, I forget who it was. I'm not crediting. I don't want to credit this to an original idea by me. But it's said about movies one, two, and three episodes one, two, and three, that Lucas tried to pretend initially that they were for the same audience that liked the original movies. And when that failed, he came, oh, no, they're kids' movies. He came right out and said they were just kids' movies. They wouldn't have been the best kids' movies in the world, but it is somewhat, those movies were somewhat successful for taking younger audiences and having them enjoy those movies more than us adults did little kids I remember going to see Phantom Menace and I went to see it a couple times to like look at it and be like do do I like the first time I saw it I was I was drunk on Star Wars so I did like it and there's some aspects of Phantom Menace I like I do I kind of like the beginning scene with with the two Jedis locked away and then busting up the ship and just seeing them go kind of crazy I like Darth Maul uh Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight, and what else do I like about that movie? Yeah. Eh. 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 Natalie Portman looks the best she does in the three movies, I guess. I guess that's something. Yeah. There's no hating Christensen, and Anakin's got a smaller part, but all... Yeah, Anakin's got a really small part. Whew. But the point is, <laughs> those movies were somewhat successful for children. But George Lucas knows that now, if they really did make a 6, 7, and 8. 6, 7, 8, am I right there yet? 4, 5, 6, no, 7, 8, 9, I'm sorry. 7, 8, 9, I knew I was wrong when I said it. If they really do make those movies, Lucas knows he can't do it. So he sold it to Disney, someone that he's 
kind of built up a relationship with with the Star Tours ride, and it's kind of been building for a while. It's not just didn't come out of nowhere. And you probably also saw what Disney did with Marvel, which is really cool. You know, just offering them the mouse money. Just giving them the mouse money. No big influence. Just create a creative team and let them handle the mouse money. <laughs> and let them do anything possible. Bam. zibbity doo da bam And that's what I'm hoping happens here. They just create a good creative team with JJ and with other people. And they pick the right people to write the right things. You know, I think getting the writer for Toy Story 3 is actually a good idea. Getting J.J. Abrams, someone who's shown success with revitalizing a, a franchise with the word star in it. And and it's, it could be a great thing. And, and also, all these talks about bringing back some of the old actors. I actually really like these ideas. I'm happy about it. Yes, and finally... We've heard from Carrie Fisher, and we're, I'll mention this in a second. We've heard from Carrie Fisher. We've heard from Mark Hamill. But the one I really gave a shit about was Harrison Ford. Have we heard from Harrison Ford? What does he say? Harrison Ford, what say you? Harrison Ford says, I think Star Wars reunion will happen. Don't call it a reunion. It's a new movie. It's not a reunion. I mean, it's a reunion and such, but this is what people are complaining about this. What the fuck are you complaining about? This, who knows when this is going to be set? They can play older versions of themselves. Mark Hamill still does great fucking work. His version of the his version of the Joker. I know he's not live in there, but he's still active and you know sharp. I'm sorry. No matter what you say about Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and I'm someone that's bashed that movie. If you listen to the old show and WMWM, I bashed that show. I, I think I spent months bashing that show. I had people coming into the studio to try to argue with me about the good merits of the movie. And I was bashing the shit out of that movie. But from the very beginning, the one thing I will say is that Harrison Ford was believable in the role of an older Indiana Jones. He pulled it off. There was nothing wrong with him playing Indiana Jones. There's going to be nothing wrong with him playing fucking Han Solo. Who? That's going to be awesome. Seeing Luke play a Jedi, and who knows what he's been through. So let's let's claim he's been through everything. You know, he's been through hell fighting. You know, maybe it skipped a period of time, and we don't know how long has happened. I mean, we we don't know yet how long is good. It's going to be from the time of the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, there's been speculation, but it could be. 30 years after or something like that where he'd be a 60 year old 50 60 year old man or who knows or you know like pushing that or you could push it 40 years or something like that they're all older it's in there and they have and then they're forced to come together one more time i don't want to see geriatrics fuck you i do i want to see those characters because you know what more than anything and that's what george lucas didn't realize why he should have just done seven eight and nine and maybe put out one, two, and three as, you know, TV movies or kids cartoon type things, if you really wanted to do those stories. I wanted to see more of this these people. He shouldn't have closed the door after Return of the Jedi. He should have continued. There's obviously people out there that are smart enough to write awesome Star Wars stuff, so use them. But anyways, Harrison Ford. Will Star Wars fans see Leia? <laughs> Luke. And Han Solo. Han Solo. 
<laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I think I was excited about the way I was transitioning. Not that it was anything special. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm saying their names and their pictures are coming up. For anyone that, again, that's for anyone that's listening to give you visual context. Context. So will Star Wars fans see Luke, Leia, and Han pop up in the next film? Harrison Ford certainly thinks so. Rumors have soared lately over whether the trio would reprise their classic roles in Star Wars Episode 7, which is expected to be released in 2015. George Lucas, whose opinion really doesn't get, no one gives a shit about anymore, Carrie Fisher had churned in those rumors on their own off-the-cuff comments. Now the man who brought Han Solo to the screen chimed in with his own tidbits. Ford, on tour to promote a film about Jackie Robinson, in which he plays Dodgers general manager Han Solo, <laughs> uh, had this to say. He said, I think it's almost uh, asked if the old gang will be brought together for the next Star Wars film. He offered this reply. I think it's almost true. I'm looking forward to it. It's not in the bag yet, but I think it'll happen, and I'm delighted. Ford's comments add to the chorus of recent reports eyeing a reunion of the old gang. Last month, Latino Review called Ford's signing for Star Wars Episode Seven a done deal. Earlier this month, Carrie Prisher, a fatter version of Carrie Fisher, seemingly revealed to Palm Beats Illustrated that she would reprise the role of Jabba the Hutt, I, sorry, of Princess Leia. However, reps for the actress later claimed she's just joking. Come on. Carrie Fisher's not doing that. She's not, wait, no way she's being compromisable. They're going to kill her off. She died. And Han's pissed. Mm. Kill her in like the first five minutes. And have Han have to come out of retirement for revenge. Dig out his old Chewbacca and get in the old Falcon. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. See, right now, I am suffering the disease of of positive thinking. It's weird for me. I'm very positive. I mean, I'm a positive person in general about, about things, but I think the biggest thing missing in besides dialogue, but the biggest thing missing besides, you know, direction of actors and besides, you know, real life situations mixed in with CG, but, but the main thing wrong with those movies, except for, you know, Ian McGregor and, Qui-Gon, but he was only in the first one. You really had no charismatic actors in any of those movies. Say what you want about Carrie Fisher now. She's a charismatic individual. She has a great personality. She's funny. She has a great on-the-cuff, off-the-cuff sort of attitude. Mark Hamill is funny. Like, you wouldn't realize at the time you saw him playing Luke Skywalker, but since everything you've seen him see from Cockknocker and Jane Bob... Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back to playing the voice of the Joker and many other cartoon voices that he's done. Mark Hamill is a sick fuck with a great sense of humor and obviously someone that can think on his feet and be very comical. And then you have Harrison Ford, who was fighting George Lucas a lot on, you know, what the character should do. It it seems to me that the actors in the newer movies, in, in 1, 2, and 3, kind of just sucked the sucked Lucas's green screen cock and just made him feel like he couldn't do no wrong as a director or as anything really and that's what I'm looking forward to some actors coming back to this movie older actors with gravitas that 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 they won't help but be forced to (laughs) are you guys yes we are if if the person that is listening I'm just getting into the chat so welcome listener (laughs) Yes, in fact, we are 
gay lovers. And we do like movies about gladiators. We like cuddling up and reading these movies about the gladiators. It's it's a romantic time. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Funny guy. Funny listener. Silly guy. Sorry, everybody. I meant to say, if you want to check in on the chat, you can. I will be there. If you want to call in, you may at any point in time, 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. You can also, if you're shy, text that number. And you can write me on Facebook or you can jump in the chat room. We had some action in the chat room earlier, but I wasn't in there and they disappeared. They were uh, they were making fun of... Uh, of John C. Riley and I's very, very non-platonic love for each other. It's, let's let's bring it straight out. You know, I think both our both our both our girlfriends have shown concern in the past, and for, for you know for good reason. He's a sexy man, and there's no denying that. <laughs> but everybody, thank you for listening. I appreciate the comments and the attention. And if you have not yet checking out the website, please check it out at issuesprogram.com. At that there you can subscribe to the RSS feed for the podcasts, for the news, whatever you want. Hopefully I gotta get it set up and figure out a couple things, but my podcast will be on iTunes soon. And you can check out all our my reviews for now, but soon John C. Riley's reviews and a couple of guests we're gonna have doing some guest pieces, some freelance reporting for the issues program website. And we're gonna be you know focusing on video games, movies, television, and anime, cartoons, things like that, but also news. So if anything comes up to any of us and we want to do some actual hard news, you know, very hard, very hard, thick cock slapping news if if we want to do that we will and so there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff going on oh yeah god bless us everyone people just uh posting their pax passes pox passes say that five times fast yeah yeah pax passes pax passes pax passes damn freaks thank you chat listeners you're amazing thank you texter yeah, I love you too. I love you too. You're great. You're a great fan. Thank you for my fan. <laughs> Many fans. So my whole point is, I'm really excited about this new Star Wars type thing. I hope it happens. I, for one, would be excited and would be would be going to see those movies on opening night. Especially if the old cast's back. I don't want to see just all new people set in the future. Unless... Unless they do the way past and do Knights of the Old Knights of the Old Republic as a movie, if they did Knights of the Old Republic on the Kotar as a movie, because I can't seem to say Knights of the Old Republic right now, if they did it, if they did it as a movie, I would be very. That would be awesome. I definitely. I would almost rather see that. But we we can have both. You can do this sort of a something to cap off a closure to that section of Star Wars. And then since it's a three-movie deal, you you don't necessarily have to stick in chronological order. The next movie can be a way prequel to and do the Old Republic and do a Revan story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, geek dream. Go away. Let's get to some other sad news. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend and yours, Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme took to his Facebook page this week to mention the time he met Stan Lee. And he made a statement. We can't, I can't, 
I, we just can't ignore this. So worthy of responses of the statement that I immediately had a look to the internet and get some good, get a perfect, uh, <laughs> a perfect gift for this. Now, I guess Jean-Claude Van Damme talked to Chris Helmsworth, the brother of Liam Helmsworth, on The Expendables 2, and somehow met him and talked to him, and because of a brief conversation, convinced himself that they want him for Avengers 2. Okay, yeah, there's no there's no proof. I don't have any proof other than him posting on his Facebook page that he feels like he should be in the movie, and he wants to play Silver Surfer, or Doc Savage, or the Man of Bronze. I, I, now I couldn't find it. I looked, I couldn't find anything in print. I just saw an article someone wrote about this, that, that, about this anywhere. But I guess Van Damme must have misinterpreted a conversation with Liam Helmsworth. But regardless of who said what, it's the update still exists. So go to Jean Claude Van Damme's web page if you want to read why he thinks he should be in the next Avengers movie. Yeah, now, not to burst his bubble, he'll kill me. He'd kill me in a fight. But, no. No, 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 you're not going to be in the movie. No, I'm sorry. Bump, it's not going to happen, buddy. Now, why don't we just keep it on this picture, because this is awesome. Kiefer Sutherland is final negotiations to star as a villain in Pompeii. Wait, he's going to star as Mount Vesuvius? Dun-dun-dun-sh. No, I mean, but seriously, a, a villain in Pompeii? I don't mean to break the end of this story, guys, but I, it's like Titanic. Everyone dies. The 3D, 3D, okay, another disaster movie in 3D, but like a, not like a disaster movie like Independence Day 2 is going to be in 3D or something like that. I'm talking about another thing about a real-life disaster, like, like when they re-released Titanic in 3D, and that was my worst movie of the year last year, simply because they re-released a movie about the death and horror of so many people. <laughs> a thousand people, whatever it was. A thousand plus people that died in pop, on the Titanic. It's glorified in a fucking movie about Leonardo DiCaprio freezing in the water. Well, I guess that makes sense. But Pompeii. We're doing a movie about Pompeii now. And there's a villain. Kiefer Sutherland's going to play a villain in Pompeii. I guess, I guess he's due to play a villain. Uh, the 3D Roman disaster is being directed by Resident Evil's uh, director, Paul Wes Anderson. Touch star, Kiefer Sutherland, touch star. Uh. Struggle to find work after 24. Resident Evil's Paul Anderson spills secrets about G- Game of Thrones actor Kit Harrington is also starring in the movie, which began shooting in Toronto last week. Constantine Films is financing the project with a very big budget. So, the movie is set in 79 AD, in the day before the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, one of the greatest disasters in human history. Harrington is playing a slave stuck on a ship who must race against time to save his true love, his master's daughter, as well as his best friend, a gladiator. Oh, I guess this answered your question, listener. Yeah, I do like gladiator movies. Trapped in the Colosseum when the destruction begins. Jared Harris is playing the master, a wealthy merchant, while Emily Browning is his daughter. Sutherland will play a Roman senator who enslaved Harrington's village. The scheme senator forces the merchant to give the daughter's hand in marriage to him. So, Kiefer is going to be playing an asshole. I like when Kiefer plays assholes, like in A Time to Kill and uh, Flatliners are two of his, that's, they stand out to me as him playing a dickhead in. Mm. Go Kiefer, get work. I hope your star becomes so high that they can't help but make you give you a friggin' 
24 movie and that they, they bring it back from the dead. There's nothing more that I want to see you do except for maybe another Young Guns movie to give Emilio Estevez an acting re- reunion. Reunion? Reprise? A reprise? The return of Emilio Estevez is what I want. It's basically what I'm saying. Rapper Tone Loke, excuse me, collapsed on stage. I'm about to collapse. Tone Loke collapsed on, collapsed on stage Saturday night. The Des Moines Register says the rapper had just finished his song when he kneeled over. Paramedics checked over him, and a few minutes later, the audience was told the show was over. As of the other night, there was no word of how Tone Loke was doing, or even if he's still in the hospital. Back in 2009, he collapsed during a concert in Pensacola, in Florida. <laughs> Pensacola, Florida. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with my L's today. Tone Loke scored two big hits in 1989 with Wild Thing and Funky Comedia. Because of both songs used samples of rock tunes, many rock stations played both songs. And then he continued his career in some amazing bit parts and acting roles. And he, he has one of the greatest, not just in rap music, but one of the greatest voices ever for cartoon characters, for voiceover work, and for hip-hop. Uh, Tone Loke, wish you the best. Hope you, hope you uh, are back up doing the wild thing soon. I had to say it. Now, research, new research out of Holland has determined that about half of all spam emails originate from 20 internet providers, 20, 20 specific ISPs, most of them concentrated in India, Vietnam, Brazil, and of course, Nigeria. The re- research surveyed more than 42,000 ISPs. The study noted that malicious traffic coming from any one particular network doesn't necessarily reveal its true source. Its cyber criminals typically root spam and other traffic through hijacked PCs or send it across compromised corporate networks to blah, 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 blah. Now, the worst offenders in Nigeria were 62% of all addresses controlled that were uh, ISPs were sending out spam. So no, so only 38% of the people that send out emails in Nigeria are actually really sending out emails. The rest is spam. That is ridiculous. Speaking of, as we were talking about him earlier, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. <laughs> uh, Har- Indiana Jones star Harrison Ford is also a big aviation enthusiast, like Han Solo. And he'll be testifying in front of the U.S. House of Representatives General Aviation Caucus today to describe various issues. And who knows, maybe he's talking about the, the get the United States government to start working on a real Falcon. Uh, that's what I want. <laughs> I don't know. Or lightsabers. or bla- No, he doesn't believe in lightsabers. Blasters. <laughs> so don't park in the street. Now, right here in Brighton, right here in Brighton, the owners of 20 cars, Brighton, for those of you not in areas, in the area of Boston, are angry that their cars were damaged, and they think they know who did it. A city snowplow. Yeah, they made, they're very angry. They called Jean-Claude Van Damme out on their asses. They, you know, when we need city plows out there, but really they do come close to park cars. They do push snow and they bury you in after you shovel out. They don't give a shit either. They're really angry about it too. And they cause new problems by by creating these huge ice things. You know, when you're, you'll think you're shoveled out. You, you go in the house for the night. You come out the next morning and there's this mound of ice blocking your car in that was put there by the plows. 
I mean, I respect what you guys are doing, but come on. <laughs> but have you experienced, has anybody out there experienced any problems this winter with your plows? Have you? You can text your pro- problems in at 781-990-8509. That's 781-990-8509. And by the way, if you're listening to this on on replay anywhere, the audio version or on Ustream, the video version, you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week and give me your fucking issues. You don't like me? Tell me. I like to hear that. I like to hear po- negative stuff as much as positive stuff. I do. So if you don't want, if you don't like my shit, tell me about it. If you love my shit, tell me about it. Get on the show. Call in. Text in. I like it. <laughs> oh, we do have a texter in. I hate you but love your show. Oh, thank you, texter. You hate me but love my show. I appreciate that kind of love. Bastard fuck. Don't listen to shit. In it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, speaking of Massachusetts, Karen Turner of Holden, Mass, was recently arrested, which is like drunk arrest, which is a new word I'm going to create that's basically DUIing. <laughs> drunk arrested. <laughs> She's drunk arrested. <laughs> arrested on DUI's charges. And what led to a state trooper believing that Karen was driving drunk? Was she swerving? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Did she fail a breathalyzer test at a traffic stop? No. She was driving around her 2008 Toyota with front-end damage and four flat tires. So she's driving down the street drunk with four flat tires. Maybe she should turn off her lights, too. That would probably be better. Silly. Silly wench. The State Department has put a multi-million dollar bounty on two heads of two Americans who the U.S. state belongs to an Al-Qaeda affiliate in Somalia. Omar Sharif Hamimian and Jarad Kuzama Mustafa Jihad are wanted men. You wanted men. The State Department is offering $5 million for any information leading to their arrest. Now this pissed me off a lot because of how much bullshit these assholes freak out about yeah it's some real shit from the can shit from the can (laughs) PETA killed more than 16,000 cats and dogs in its Virginia headquarters last year that's right PETA killed almost 90% of dogs and cats placed in care of the shelter at its Virginia headquarters last year the organization the organization euthanized uh, 1,647 cats and dogs last year placing only 19 in new homes Where's PETA to be outraged about what PETA's doing? <laughs> a family sells a $3 bowl for 2. Point, a $3 bowl for 2.2 million dollars? Why can't I get $3 bowls like this? I just buy a bowl, I smoke stuff in it and oh, that's a dish. But I just make spaghettios and put it in my dish. A New York family spent $3 on a bowl at a garage sale and it ended up being a Thousand-year-old Chinese dish and worth two point two million. <sighs> Seriously, I need to start going to garage sales more. But that's the problem. You go to these garage sales and they and they never you never get as lucky as these people do. You're never that guy. It's like the scratch. It's the scratch ticket thing. You buy a million scratch tickets. You just go to ta- go to go to garage sales. You waste your time at garage sales and you buy you take home amazing little trinkets. That ultimately end up being you sell them at uh, at different garage sales. It's a vicious fucking cycle. It really is. 
No, I, no, Texter, I'm not saying I don't love garage sales. I do. I do. I enjoy them. But, but every time I go, I buy something, and then I buy it, and very rarely is that something that I end up using full-time. It, it just ends up disappearing dis- into my magic space, and then it's sitting in my attic somewhere. All right, well, well, this wasn't a garage sale. This, the cat in the hat here. We picked this up. We picked this up on the street, outside of a failed garage sale. We're just driving down the street. Next thing we know, we see this like huge pile of stuffed animals. We're like, oh, I'm gonna get some of them stuffed animals. I want to get some meat of the stuffed animals. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for something very special. Oh wait, and we got one more story on the on our opening news shits here. So thanks for tuning in, people. If you have hippie activities, I recommend smoking them. A date website is trying to buy the name of a city in Georgia. Sugardaddy.com has offered Sugar Hills 3.7 million to rename the town an 18,000 person town Sugardaddy.com. The whole town. The proposal also includes putting up a Hugh Hefner statue in town. If this happens, this could be a very interesting precedent. If really sugardaddy.com becomes a town name, I've got to consider buying a town and naming it issuesprogram.com. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a great idea. I'm not saying it's the best idea I've ever had in my life. But it's the best idea I've ever had in my life. I'm fucking genius. Genius, I tell yous. (laughs) So, guys, I was doing some thinking. And I recently rewatched a movie. I'm I'm not going to tell you what movie because it would kind of... I'm not saying it would... It would ruin necessarily what I was trying to do here. But it might ruin it a little bit because it would... Because this movie is on this list. I guess that's the best way of saying it. I, I'm doing the top. I'm going to do a couple lists tonight. <laughs> for this list specifically, as I'm stalling for time while I open up some audio here, I was rewatching a a lot of old, a lot of my old favorite movies, and I realized that some of those movies in some of those spots, wrestlers are in movies. Wrestlers are actors normally. Sorry, wrestling's fake. Re- wrestlers are actors. And they popped up in movies. Hulk Hogan popped over, popped up all over the place. And we also know, <laughs> we also know of a lot of other actors, a lot of other wrestlers that are in actors. But what are the, a lot of other wrestlers turned actors. But what are the top five appearances by wrestlers in movies, in my opinion? So we're going to get into that right now. Hey, let's do it. Number five on my list is Hulk Hogan, Rocky III. Now, one of the first major films to feature a professional wrestler, Rocky III deserves a lot of credit for allowing Hulk Hogan, considered by many to be a sideshow act, to break into motion picture history, industry. The Hulkster's character, Thunderlips, wasn't much of a stretch. A professional wrestler played paid to compete against Rocky in a cross-promotional exi- exhibition match, so he didn't have to show a lot of acting chops, which likely helped the audience ease into the idea of him being a, uh, you know, an actor. So, 
Yes, I know, person listening that's freaking out right now. I enjoyed Suburban Commando as well, but that movie was not good. (laughs) He just had to bring a little bit of flair, a couple of 24-inch pythons, and the majestic mustache of his, and act like a crazy freak, and it worked. Way to go, Hulkster. Number four. If someone were to draw... (laughs) Uh, sorry, I'm laughing as I'm about to switch pictures. Now, because I was just going to go to this guy again. Number four, Jesse the Body Ventura and Predator. And I also want to give audible mention to Jesse the Body Ventura for uh, Running Man. That I consider, you know, his ties with Arnold. If someone were to draw up a diagram which circle labels critically acclaimed movies, action movies, and professional wrestling, there would only be the tiniest sliver of overlap. And that, my friends, is exactly where Jesse the Body Ventura's role as a minigun, as a girder gun wielding special force operative sent into the jungle to kill a dreadlock off invisible alien hunter falls into. Playing alongside another future gouvernator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ventura completely sells himself as the tobacco-spitting, manhood-checking, self-proclaimed sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex Blaine. The original Predator is not only the best action movie to be set in the jungle, in my opinion, it's also broke new territory with Us vs. It template that hadn't really been seen completely before. Usually it was the main guy going solo, but here we saw a whole bunch of you know, a team of badasses. I used to recreate the story for Predator in my bathroom with, like, G.I. Joes and stuff and pretend each character. And as a kid, Jesse was my favorite of all the Predator characters. So, Jesse the Body Ventura, you're my number five. Number three on my list is... Let me find his picture, if I can. If I can't find his picture, oh, no, he must be skipped. No, I'm kidding. Number three on the list is George the Animal Steel and Ed Wood. Now, in a strange coincidence, or more likely a planned, more likely a planned, George the Animal Steel plays Tor John, a real-life pro wrestler who became a film star. When director Ed Wood cast him in a couple of his Z-grade horror movies. So, to get this straight, a hairy-backed, borderline insane well, he's actually a Harvard professor or something. Bald wrestler gets his big screen break in a movie about Ed Wood playing a hairy-backed, borderline insane bald wrestler who got his big screen break in a movie directed by Ed Wood. Whew. This feels like a lot of more set right retinous as a verse in Ironic or something. Ah. Well, if you haven't seen this movie yet, you're really missing out. Seriously, it's a really great Johnny Depp movie and an awesome look at one of the most famous filmmakers of all time. Now, number two on my list... Yeah, number two. This is where it gets hard, right? Number two on my list is no of none other than Yep, number two, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. And they live. They live drops Rowdy Rowdy Piper smack dab in the middle of a bleak, absurd dystopia, chock full of ugly ass aliens, government mind control, and magical sunglasses. The sci-fi cult classic with its gritty aesthetic couldn't have been further from a colorful, bedazzled realm of the world of wrestling. But it always seemed to... It was such an amazing movie, and that fight scene in it was 
unbelievable, one of the greatest fight scenes in any movie ever. It's ridiculous, yeah, but Piper's performance is 80% just freaking out bravado and 20% slurred speech, but They Live also features a 45-minute, a five-minute knockdown drag-out brawl that we talked about that he revisited in Monday Night Raw. Actually, when he plays a wrestler in the movie, I think main event where him and Haku are a tag team or something, he plays a much more laid-back character, which is interesting playing a wrestler. But that's Rowdy Rowdy Piper for you. Now, number one, well, we, we ran out of music, but number one on the list is, of course, if Roddy Piper's number one, then who's got to be number, who's got to be number two? I mean, if Roddy Roddy Piper's number two, who has to be number one? That's right, folks. Number one, the person that made me want to do this freaking list in the first place, yeah, is none other than, oh yeah, the one, the only... Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride. I recently rewatched The Princess Bride and realizing how awesome Andre the Giant is, I tried to figure out some way to to talk about Andre with seeming organic. And then strictly on coincidence, they live I saw, re-saw. So then it just kind of all came together and I rewatched a couple of other rewatched Ed Wood and and compiled this list. So Andre the Giant in a movie that featured Wesley, you know, before he started overacting in horror movies, the Mandy Patinkin, before he mumbled his way through Homeland, Billy Crystal in his prime, Robert Wright, you know, she's always awesome, Christopher Guest, always awesome, Fred frickin' Savage, and Columbo, this one guy who, let's be true, stealed the show, inconceivable, no, not him, he, he was awesome too, but Audrey the Giant was really in a lot of ways, the most memorable character. He's the reason I watched the movie, and he's the reason why I can t- keep watching the movie. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but the entire movie is is really endlessly quotable. But the 7-4 behemoth literally stood head and shoulders above his castmates in every scene he was in, perfectly capturing the disparity between his teddy bear-like aura and the horrific amount of pain he could inflict upon someone if he really had to. Andre was the brute squad. Andre really got the chance to do more than toss people around when he was wearing his uh, single butt in the in the Princess Bride. He let the world see his sweeter and funnier side. It's a side that would have done him just fine in a, the movie biz if his life hadn't been cut short. Think of movies like My Giant or other movies that required bigger guys, and think about if Andre hadn't, you know, passed away due to uh, if his life hadn't been short by complications due to. Agramongingly, a disease caused by the abundance of growth hormones, which gave him an immense stature in the first place. Andre, a true gentle giant, gave his performance that will be considered iconic forever. So, Andre the Giant, God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Why? What's with me and God today? God bless you, Andre the Giant. You were awesome in The Princess Bride, and it made me love life. Yes, I love life because of you. Now, everybody, it is about time. It's We're getting close to the end of our show here, so we got to do some lightning round. So give me some lightning. Give me some lightning. Get through some of these news stories quickly. Can I, can I hear some lightning? Here we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This woman allegedly was so upset that her husband went to Brazil and didn't bring her any gifts that she threatened to kill him. That's demanding. Why don't you, when you travel, just bring your family souvenirs. Just do it. When you travel, get people gifts. Makes things life. Makes things much better. Now, in convenience store owners in Maine are concerned that the state lottery wants to reband its scratch-off tickets as quickies. They want to call their 
their scratch tickets quickies? Do, do they real? Okay. It reminds me of an old joke this guy tells a waitress. I'll, I'd like a quickie. The waitress stomps off when she comes back. <laughs> Again, I'd like a quickie. This time he gets slapped. That's when the guy takes the, the, the leans over to the next table and points at the menu and says, Psst, buddy, it's pronounced quiche. <laughs> a New York man is marketing the world's strongest coffee. Death Witch Coffee is guaranteed to cause many sleepless nights. Okay, yes. Oh, God. Uh, phones and texting in the car could be as dangerous as alcohol, so don't booze it up. Substitute teachers enjoyed sexy time with a 13-year-old student while befriending the kid's parents. That's a sick fuck. Nine-year-old boy took a joyride in a dad's car, and Papa went to the pokey. Green Day's write, writing music for a Shakespeare rock adaptation. Wow. And here's a quick, another quick top five list. Five weird things that are banned in different countries. Number five on that list is video games. Video games are banned in Greece. In 2002, Greece decided to ban all online electric computer games. Stupid assholes. In number two, China. Time travel. Time travel, not the action, but time travel in movies. What? Because too many people were trying to try to travel back in time and it was creating all sorts of problems. In Number three in Russia, emo is is apparently banned. Too much emo. <laughs> also in China, reincarnation, of course. And the number five thing in Cuba, cell phones. Yeah. Okay. Now for our final issue of the day. Well, I zipped through that. I I, I ran out of. I realized now I have more time. I I wanted to cut off, you know, generally in an hour. So uh, I was I was. Thought I had to rush through a couple of those news stories, but I guess I had a little bit more time. Let's see if I skipped anything. Yeah, time travel, emo, you know, blah, 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 blah. I do have a final story here, but okay, let's get to it. Let's just get to this shit. My final issue of the day, folks, involves, where is this guy? This man right here. An intoxicated man who had been, play me some music, Sam. Play it for me. An intoxicated man who had been hankering for ice cream allegedly broke into a church freezer to get some and has been charged with three sweet-ass felonies. Police say Andrew Stephen Jung of 500 blocks of Southeast 8th Street in St. Charles smashed a glass door to the kitchen of St. Pete's Catholic Church March 8th early has been charged with burglary, stealing, and property damage. Officers who went to the church, found that a deep freezer had been damaged and an, un and an undetermined amount of ice cream has been taken. They also revealed at the uh, ball cap at the scene. He was walking approximately three blocks from the church and he got a sweet tooth, so he decided to run to the church and break in and steal some ice cream. Bail's gonna be set at $30,000. You know the moral of this story, kids, is don't step between a man and his freaking ice cream. I, the, these ice cream cravings can be strong. This is why I don't mess around anymore. I don't even eat ice cream. Because when I do eat it, I want to kill people for it. It's worse than crack. It's crack scream. This frozen yogurt has somewhat less items in it. And frozen yogurt used to be decent for you, but then they opened stores like Orange Leaf, which is awesome, don't get me wrong, and other places locally that turn into Putnam Pantry where you have to, where you take all these, you know, other candies or cookies or cones or amazing other items of food that you can put inside ice cream like substances and you eat them and eat them and eat them oh my god i need some ice cream now i need to go everybody this is phil the issues guy thank you for tuning in this week we'll be back next week again 
for more fucking shit and look this week for more fucking shit <laughs> for more stuff <laughs> look for more reviews for me my jeopardy review should be up uh beginning of next week and also my let's play or whatever i'm gonna call it issues play of uh mike tyson's punch out and one coming of retro city ransom with the issues girl uh stephanie z playing that and me commentary commenting on her playing <laughs> or both of us commenting here and there but mainly me and uh and what else? Check out all my good friends from... Oh, let's get my picture up again. Check out all my good friends that from the Boston Bass Brigade. Uh, King Baby Duck, Blue Tag, and from Land of Esh, uh, Ninja and Panda, who will be at Pox East this year, uh, reporting, giving you all the up-to-minute coverage. Check out my good friends over there for doing what they do and for anything you want to know about Pox East. And I will be there. I'll be around partying with some of the people we'll see about that like i said and guys also send out your best wishes hugs and love to john c Riley, who's on the mend hopefully and figuring out what the hell's going on with him at the hospital and as soon as we know anything we'll let you know hopefully he'll be back and rocking and rolling by next week and uh, be able to call into the show and give us an update on how he's feeling and or like I said, or if I know John, if he's healthy enough to be home, he'll be healthy enough to do the later show on Sunday. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I love you all. This has been the Issues Program. If you haven't already, I highly recommend, and please, please, please check out my website, issuesprogram.com. You can see some more reviews, any of my shows from last year, and some other fun stuff. So, guys, thank you. See you next week. <laughs>